Good afternoon. We begin with breaking news. Football Australia is dealing with a massive data breach. The national body reportedly leaked secret keys to a database containing personal information. Passports and contracts of Australian soccer players could have been accessed, as well as the details of ticket buyers. Researchers at Cyber News say the leak was likely due to human error rather than a cyber attack. Football Australia is now investigating. Better than expected inflation data has prompted high-level calls for the Reserve Bank to start cutting interest rates. Let's go live to Canberra and our political reporter Rob Scott. Rob, the Queensland Premier is leading the charge. Yes, he is, Anne. Stephen Miles says after yesterday's surprise figures showing that inflation has dropped to its lowest level in two years, it is now time for the RBA to start cutting rates. And it's a pretty unusual call. Politicians tend to be careful not to be seen to be putting pressure on the central bank. But he's thrown that convention well out of the window today. He's even urging the banks not to wait for the RBA and to start slashing their rates as soon as possible. Now that inflation has turned a corner, they should act just as quickly to cut rates as they did to increase rates. There is no rule that says the banks can't cut rates in advance of the RBA. They put the rates up before the RBA did, so they can cut them before the RBA does. Even the Prime Minister was more direct with his language today. He's still sticking to the line that the RBA is independent, although he did make his feelings known. I, of course, would like to see... Uh, cuts to uh, interest rates. I'd like to see any measure that takes pressure off low and middle income earners. With monthly inflation dropping to 3.4% in December, market expectations are now overwhelmingly that the RBA will leave rates on hold when the board meets next week. And economists are growing increasingly confident we'll see the first of three possible cuts from about June onwards. Although the RBA may decide to hold off until after the revamped Stage 3 tax cuts kick in from July. Anne? Rob Scott in camera, thank you. Sydney's troubled Roselle Interchange faced its biggest post-holiday test today and it wasn't a good result. Traffic on Victoria Road was diabolical, with the Premier admitting the project has suffered from a lack of foresight. Evan Batten has more. Good afternoon, Anya. Well, transport officials tell us they've spent much of the morning adjusting the settings, changing the phasing of lights all the way along Victoria Road just to try and get this right, although they admit that anyone coming in from Five Dock, particularly along Lyons Road, would have had a much rougher run this morning. They're still pleading with drivers to avoid using this interchange. And certainly, if you have the opportunity of trying out a bus journey, with the bus lanes. But and the transport boss says he is happy that they managed to get Balmain traffic moving much better this morning. At the crux of all this drama with the Roselle interchange, it was designed to operate properly with the Western Harbour crossing complete. So in effect, this interchange is only 80% finished. And yes, we did say we would get congestion until that final missing link goes in, which is obviously a long way off. Inter-West Mayor Darcy Byrne says they've had a win with transport officials willing to meet his consultation group. The delays in Gladesville and Dremoyne are indicators that there is a structural problem with West Connex. A lack of foresight in planning, I've got to say. And we're told that traffic volumes dropped 15% on Friday, so transport bosses say the next big test for this interchange will come on Monday morning. 
Free parking for New South Wales hospital staff has today been revoked, with the Premier apologising for the fees they will now be charged. The cost relief was introduced during the pandemic, but Chris Min says it isn't feasible with the number of parking spots. The maths of it are really hard, however. We've got 170,000 public servants that work in New South Wales Health. We don't have 170,000 car parking spaces. Hospital workers are offered a concessional rate for parking, although some complain there is a waiting list. The Australian Institute of Sport has issued new concussion guidelines to reduce the risk of brain injuries in youth and community sports. Paul Caddock has more on the new advice. Good afternoon. The Australian Institute of Sport calling for big changes in how concussion is handled in kids and community sport, saying it's necessary to avoid serious brain injury. The aim to make the guidelines clear and simple, given at the moment different sports have different approaches. There is probably somewhere between 100,000 and 200,000 sport-related concussions per year in Australia. We know one of the greatest risk factors for concussion is someone returning too early from a previous concussion. The day after someone's symptoms clear, they still have a brain injury. Um, they're not ready to go back to sport and what they need is this buffer period. Key recommendations include a player having a minimum of 21 days rest following a concussion and having at least two weeks without symptoms before they can return to contact training. Also advising clubs and schools have concussion officers, which they say would be responsible for making sure someone who's had a concussion is following the guidelines. It comes after growing evidence, growing awareness of the impact of concussion. The move welcomed by former rugby league player James Graham. I think this is a, a huge step in the right direction. A great uh, resource for parents um, because a, a lot of people that I speak to, they, they don't know uh, too much about concussion. They're wanting some guidelines. These new guidelines are voluntary. Around 30 sporting bodies have already agreed to them, but many of the nation's biggest sporting codes, including the NRL, AFL, Cricket and Football Australia, haven't yet, saying they are still studying the detail. Mark Zuckerberg, the head of social media giant Meta, has apologised to the families of children who were victims of online harm. Politicians in the US grilling a host of social media bosses today, telling them they have blood on their hands. US correspondent Tim Lester is in New York. The CEOs of the world's most popular social media sites dragged in front of a US Senate hearing today to answer questions about their platforms and the exploitation of children. They faced some angry senators. You have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people. But more confronting for the tech bosses parents, many holding pictures of their dead children. Some had been bullied relentlessly through social media. Others had accessed drugs through the platforms. One senator began pushing the boss of Instagram owner Meta, Mark Zuckerberg, to say sorry. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologised to the victims? Would you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims? Would you like Zuckerberg to turned to the families, telling them it's terrible. No one should have to go through the things that your families have suffered. I don't feel like he has emotion. Too little, too late. The social media executives say they are stepping up measures to protect users, working with law enforcement and using artificial intelligence to catch harmful content. 
The hearing and its tense exchange has lasted almost four hours, but finished with few firm outcomes. There have been hearings like it before, and yet America's Congress is yet to pass significant laws in the area. Thank you.